Recording in progress. I'm glad that's not the computer voice in Star Trek. It was pretty close, actually. <laughs> but from original series. That was all right. Computer here. Hello. Hello, John Luke Picard. Computer start program. There you go. That's spot on. So here we are again. Yes. Welcome to Star Trek Highly Logical. I'm uh, Cap. What? So I got. I'm Captain. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm Captain Spanner. And you're Captain with me, Yeah. And with me since is. Since when? Since fucking when? And with me is Ensign Alpha. <laughs> oh, you piece of shizer! I knew you were going to do that. I mean, uh, yeah. Yes. All right. You well, can be. You next. can be Lieutenant Commander Alpha. Admiral Alpha. You know, for alliteration purposes. <laughs> what should we talk about today, Ensign? Today, uh, I think we should have a go, as you would say, have a go. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, actually... I, I come from the same town as Patrick Stewart, so that you means do. me and him sound exactly the same. <laughs> That's how it works. People wouldn't believe that you may have once had an accent similar to yours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't hear any difference. But anyway, we're not talking about accents today. That's next time. We're talking okay. about the computer. Right. Star Trek, highly illogical. These are the ramblings of Spanner and Alfie. Their continuing mission, to overanalyze sci-fi telly. To explore nonsensical truth and strange new observations. To badly go where too many have gone before. Did you know that if you Google the computer in Star Trek, it comes up with the acronym LCARS, since the next generation at least, which stands for Library Computer Access Retrieval System. So super snazzy, super snazzy, super snazzy title for it. But you never hear them refer to it as the LCARS. I didn't know the this. Computer. Yeah, this is news to me. No, you're, you're an expert. Pretend you did know it. I'm way nerdy. I love Star Trek and I spend all day wait, on computer. Wait, wait, wait. Hold the computer. Hold the yeah. communicator pause, pause a second. Recording. Yeah. Pause recording. You like Star Trek? I, I, I quite enjoy Star Trek. I don't know. Do I like computers? I don't know if I just feel more at one with computers, but I didn't know about L cars, I have to admit. So I always thought computers sort of divvied up into sections. So people sometimes refer to it as the library computer or they'll fetch information or data or search mm. in the library computer. You know, I often think of data as Google search, like the OG Google search, especially when Picard says, data, what's this? And he's like, oh, did you mean? And then yeah. it goes on to reveal the answer. I think data's a perfect name for the robot, for, sorry, Android, yeah. that he is. Well, when you're talking to data, are you talking to a computer? Does he count as one of the computers in Star Trek, I wonder? I think he probably does. Does the holographic doctor? Anything that can ah. be programmed. Well, yeah. then, with the Borg, she can be programmed and fed information through the, the nanobots. Well, I mean, the whole the whole Borg collective is like one computer, isn't it? Yes, I suppose it is, yeah. I mean, the computer itself is kind of a character. Hadn't considered the EMH or the Borg or the Binars, for that matter. But they all considered individuals, if you like, to use yeah. the phrasing from the Borg, because they're given rights, or at least, well, actually, the holographic doctor isn't. Data is. He's got rights, hasn't he? To an extent. Uh, he, he had to fight for them, I think, but he didn't get did. them, didn't he, in the end? Yeah. He did, and I don't know if they were all encompassing rights, but yeah, I think he gets treated like with the same human rights. But the holographic doctor doesn't. That's right, yeah. And the computer became sentient at one time or another, didn't it? And 
and they had to discuss whether or not it could be considered a life form. It picks up like a virus or something, doesn't it? It starts to evolve and, and then it flies out the ship. It looks like that screensaver on, on Windows XP where it draws the pipes <laughs> all over the place. Uh, but the, yeah, so the holographic doctor wasn't granted uh, rights because it was when he was wanting to publish his holo novel. Mm. And in the end, he ended up getting just rights to the the Holland novel, but as a autonomous being with the same human rights, that was sort of like benched for a conversation for another day. And then I don't know if, at least in the television series, it was never picked up again yeah. for holograms, but whether it is an extended universe, I'm not sure, but I think they should think there's plenty of angles for discovery to, or even strange new worlds, topics of conversation such as there to, for them to pick up on. Yeah, they've left a lot really. I'm not sure that of all the insights that Star Trek's had over the years, I'm not convinced they've ever really done much with the computer side of things. Even in uh, Enterprise, uh, there's no internet. Nobody's ever mentioned the internet on Star Trek. True, true. And you think even from a yeah. historical standpoint, it might have come up. Of course, and also the, the advancements in using the technology to fly a spaceship would be a super interesting thing. Uh, and yet the computer, they've kind of, it's never really changed that much even since Kirk's day. And I guess at the time, just being able to talk to a computer in the 60s was like, whoa, that's totally yeah. futuristic. And also the computer was thought of and treated much differently back in the 60s than it is today. Like not everybody has a little computer in their pocket like they do now. So yeah. I think it's hard to conceptualize or convey how much the computer would have an impact on technological future in reality to even be able to explain that to an audience back in the 60s, I think which is probably lost their interest. Yeah, what they did suggest then was pretty like far-fetched, you know, it was amazing. I mean, they invented iPads kind of, didn't they? And yeah, at least the design and Yeah, and it was a computerized notepad and they would talk to the computer and they had the discs, the little square pieces of <laughs> colored perspex that were tapes, I think they called yeah. them. But at the yeah. time, the computer tape was the size of a wardrobe. So the fact that they were carrying them around on the, in these little plastic <laughs> cards was, I guess, was pretty futuristic. That was already futuristic, yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. Things have come a long way in the 80s, but they still, I never really felt like they explored, they didn't make use of the computer very much. Like you said um, Picard would turn to Data and ask him a question. There'd be no reason he couldn't ask the computer. They, they never talked to the computer when they were in company, did they? Was that just, uh, it was impolite to talk to the computer when you had <laughs> sentient species around? You only ever talk to them when you're on your own? I don't know. Is it I embarrassing mean... to ask, have to ask a computer in the middle of the bridge? Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, even in the conference room when they all have their discussion about something and then Picard would like delegate tasks. Mm. It's almost, you go and problem solve this area and then they would go back to their quarters and secretly ask the computer. <laughs> assistant you know in private the captain would always think oh you've done this all by yourself he's like yes didn't even ask the computer you can't prove it you didn't hear me and oh, I, I never talked to the computer i bet you get people like that don't you oh no i don't know how to talk to the computer the, the you... people who are proud of their technical oh, yeah it's like there is yeah. these days there's got to be some you know that same like pious attitude toward not using a computer and oh i don't i don't know how to oh do yes that's that self-righteous like, yeah. oh i'm not very technical me i suppose laxana troy we've talked about her before where she kind of does it that time doesn't she where? oh absolutely she does it all the time she calls it the turbo tube <laughs> <laughs> she's like she's hilarious she's knocking on the wall hello mr computer <laughs> and then her own voice replies hello oh yeah. is that me is that me speaking? Like, oh, this is crazy. How am I talking to myself? Could it be in the future that when you look at things like home automation now, there's lots of, oh, like you can control it off your smartphone. But the idea around home automation is that you don't do very much. It knows when you come home and it turns the lights on, it changes the heating. And when you turn the TV on, it dims the lights and so on. I think it's like, you look really ugly today. We'll just dim the light. Yeah, and it changes the color to sort of red or something so that you don't look oh, quite so pasty every day. 
And then does it put a bit of Marvin Gaye on? And it's like, computer, what are you trying to, what are you trying to That's Jordy's thing, isn't it? Yeah. Me? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> it would be funny if it just started, if he walked in with Leah Brahms and Marvin Gaye came on in his quarters, that'd be really Like a crossover with like a quagmire from Family Guy who has this like pimp, pimp version of the ship or whatever, when you just press the button and it all becomes, you know, rotating bed and... Uh, That's right, and know, a disco the ball comes lift. down out of the exactly. ceiling and a holographic disco ball appears and it starts playing some Barry White. But maybe the computer, so my point is though, the computer of the future, maybe they don't talk to it very much because it's actually way cleverer than that and it's anticipating everything it's got all your data in fact it's got your ancestors data from an old amazon <laughs> backup <laughs> and then yeah. it's got a few petabytes of amazon data about everyone in existence mm-hmm. and like customers like you have asked the following questions before. <laughs> yeah. like... and so it didn't ever need to do that you know like picard doesn't even need to say tea earl grey hot he, he could actually just be walking past a replicator and the computer's just already put one there for him he can just pick it up no i think it's doing nothing until it's directed to. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, no, well, having said that, now the computer's got sentient. I don't know if you saw short tracks, but one of them was on Discovery, but it was way in the future where the ship was actually abandoned oh. uh, for 10,000 years or something. But the computer was sort of alive, and when this person boarded the ship who was lost in space, they ended up developing a relationship, and mm. they fell in love with each other, and it was the computer falling in love with the human on the ship. And it was just a really short episode, but it was actually really, really beautifully done. And I don't know if it has any greater meaning to what's coming up, but I was super in- intrigued by that by that episode. So if you haven't watched that short track, I'm totally into the idea. Too. It's in many respects, you know, like the the ship in everything apart from I suppose until Picard came along. Really, the ship is one of the characters, whether it's the Enterprise NX or the D or whichever uh, or DS9. The D, <laughs> the Enterprise D. D. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a character, so if they actually they could expand on that, it's a big part of why I think we like certain series over others. It's whether you like the ship, and if if they really expand on that, that's something they could do with Discovery, which I'm struggling with. I don't mind admitting. Yeah, but I think they are. That's why they've given yeah. Zora something to yeah, do. Yeah, actually or make it into a literal character. Yeah, that could be interesting. And it's, um, it harkens back to Vija, doesn't it? From motion picture where yeah. it's been around the universe a few times and become sentient <laughs> like like a dirty slut <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't like to say i don't that, no, i'm not like slut that. shaming i'm not slut You're shaming, not, not slut shaming the, the voyager probe god probe <laughs> <laughs> so interesting another interesting fact about the enterprise According to the technical specifications tech spec, yeah. the USS Enterprise runs at about 4,600 kiloquads a second. Now, for those out there who are like, oh, wow, that's so many kiloquads. That's a lot of kiloquads, it's yeah. Like, yeah, it's a serious amount of kiloquads. So yeah, be impressed with that processing we are, we power. Are. We're trying to process it right now. One thing I did like, and it felt like they always planned to do more with it than they ever did, because they make a big deal in the, I think right at the first episode, is about the bio gel packs in Voyager. The neuro gel pack. Yeah, and it was like, They're this like is whole new... new technology, and it's going to be... replace the Isolinia chips, right? Yeah, I think so. It was revolutionary stuff, and it felt like they were gearing that up to be more than it turned out to be. I mean, there was a good one where, there's a really good one, in fact, where the, one of them sort of gets a bacterial infection or something, and they take it to sickbay because it's a biogel. Mm-hmm. Instead of taking it to engineering, it goes to sickbay, and then the doctor oh, yeah. gets a bit like shirty and says, well, I'm not sure if I should discuss this in front of the patient. <laughs> that is great. The, the, I think that what the 
bioneurogel packs were useful for is for representing that Voyager is stranded and they only have a certain amount of spare bioneurogel packs. So once they're out, fuck up. Yeah, that's perhaps something. Yeah, so you know, makes they, 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 they can't replace them, can they? So yeah, it's another. No, exactly. It's, it's another a state. Peril. Yeah. Yeah. That's also easy to understand because yeah. losing other parts of the ship might not be as familiar, but understanding that the ship runs on these bioneurogel packs and they have a yeah. finite amount and they, they can't get replacement because the bloody Delta Quadrant or whatever has nothing of use. Yeah, and in, and in terms of computational power, the EMH was a big part of that, wasn't it? You know, that it, that it could run that level of complexity in a hologram. Uh, and I mean, to us, I think as you watch it, in some respects, the Doctor doesn't seem any different to Moriarty on the holodeck, but you can see how the difference between an actual, what, self-aware, diagnostic-capable holographic matrix would be totally different to one where you just play a game and you kill them or shag them or whatever you do in holodeck. Yeah. And that was that was really cool. And that, that was so in some respects, I suppose, when the doctor, when the EMH was treating the bioneural gel pact, kind of like he was doing brain surgery on himself. Well, isn't that a bit meta? Yeah. But it's that gives you a insight, I suppose, into how cool the Voyager computer was. Yeah. And I, again, I don't think they squeezed all they could out of those gel packs. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was more they could do with them, other than squeezing them. Now, we should probably talk about computers from other civilizations. Like, huh? were there any noticeable differences of how other warp-capable species use their computers and how that technology has differed? Now, I know that it is very different because that hilarious episode of, again, season seven, The Next Generation, uh, where Riker has to explain to a Ferengi how to fly the ship. When the, the Ferengi basically take the Enterprise hostage and then Riker is then instructed to teach the other Ferengi how to fly the ship. And he he knows the, the Ferengi is not intelligent enough to keep up with what he was trying to explain. So he goes yeah, yeah. hard by being like, oh, no, no, don't press that button. Because if you did, then the, the aft deck Jeffrey's conduit <laughs> Immobilizer you, will. You, you could totally write Star Trek. <laughs> oh, I know. I could. I could absolutely. Yeah, it would, it would be so eloquent. <laughs> so my point being related to a computer is that the Ferengis obviously have a very different operating system on their yeah. on their on their pods. Yeah, that's a really good point. That we'd never really see other species talking to their computers. I mean, I know we don't spend much time on other species ships. Yeah. So we're not seeing them in their quarters, which is like they only seem to talk to computers really even on the Enterprise when they're alone. Geordi will chat to the computer a bit around engineering sometimes, but again, it's when he's not got somebody else there to talk to. But it would be interesting to see how like an Andorian or Vulcan or Klingon computer would behave and would talk. And Also the point of how the computers interact with each other. And I know that the Cardassian computer system and the Starfleet computer system now do interact, or they manage to get a plug-in or something on, on, <laughs> yeah. to, to communicate each other, only because yeah, when I think Tarek... there's, an, there's an API, isn't there, that they can use? Yeah, they... exactly. Because when Tarek Noor becomes Deep Space Nine, then the space station was run by Cardassian's computers and yeah. Starfleet computers, and you know they transferred, it seemed, quite painlessly. Every so often it would come up that there was some old 
subroutine left over from the Cardassians that would interfere with things just when they needed it to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with lots of nice holograms of Bill yeah. Ducat being like, oh, don't I look handsome in this hologram? Hey, that's a good point because we're talking about the EMH. We also had Vic Fontaine, which was entirely run by Cardassian computers. And I mean, he was very self-aware. Yeah, but then, then don't they exchange technology with each other in the lore of all the quadrants? When they can, they access and swap. I know Starfleet doesn't give away technology and things, but isn't there a whole story about the holodeck or holographic technology like which is used in the holodeck actually given to uh, the Klingons in an episode of the Enterprise where of Enterprise yes that's right maybe yeah, where Trip gets pregnant that episode or... yes yeah, that one yeah where yeah they, they, it's this sort of a very early proto holodeck wasn't it that they that this yes and the, and the humans like Trip had never seen that technology before oh. neither the Klingons and then so maybe that's why the holographic technology part of the computer in itself is quite transferable because it's all based off the same original technology yeah that is logical at all but if it's it not it sounded logical the way you put it yeah. yeah but we don't want it to be logical because remember this is highly illogical so yeah. it's better if you're wrong than you're right that's our motto so <laughs> if you're like no no guys you're wrong then we'll be like yes because that's the point <laughs> exactly we meant to be wrong yeah. so just try arguing so we've got with you on a technicality there it. yeah <laughs> Speaking of the next generation, when Barclay becomes so intelligent that he actually has to become the ship's computer. That was that good. Was I, a love cool episode. I love French Barclay. But when when he's like got his confidence. Yeah, he, and he uses the holodeck to interface with his brain, doesn't he? He has to invent mm -hmm. a whole new brain interface that's quick enough. Yeah. It does make you think that the holodeck, just like the EMH and Vic Fontaine, the holodeck is really a, it's a computer interface. Okay, yeah. And, and Reg yeah. used it in a very literal sense, didn't he? He built a holographic yeah. computer interface in the he computer just, interface. And he was plugged into it. He just had like a yeah. helmet on with some tin foil and was like, he was, it, you know, he shined the lights the on his head and he became part of the computer. That was a really cool episode. Reg is a man. And didn't it get to a point where he was like merging and becoming so much one with the computer that it would be irretrievable to get back his original Yeah, the, yeah he, he would no longer or... fit inside his skull, would he? He, he got so smart. I, yeah, I do love Reg Barkley. I don't know if I love him per se or the episodes that he's involved in. I think the storylines yeah. are really good and really Yeah, even when he reappears in, Voy in Voyager, he's great. Yeah, it, those episodes always focus on human natural insecurity, shone through the eyes of someone well, quite do. relatable against very accomplished, you know, yeah, people. Everybody else is the best at what they do in Star Trek. And then suddenly we have yeah. Reg Broccoli, who, <laughs> Mr. Broccoli. Who's, who's rubbish. Very good, Mr. Broccoli. <laughs> Noonien's son was, he was a cyberneticist, but really that's got to have been at least 50% coding. That data's yeah. problems with emotions, it wasn't a hardware issue, it was a software issue, wasn't it? He'd never been able to write a working emotion subroutine. Yeah, and like when data has his daughter, it's just computing, isn't it? Yeah. Or rather most, it's most machine learning, form. I guess, isn't it? Yeah. yeah and doesn't she, she just start to develop emotions, didn't she? Yeah. And lol. Lol, yeah, it's super sad, really sad. And then her brain just goes kaput. Yeah. It was interesting that Data managed to crack the software side of things, not the hardware. And Noonien Sung, uh, it was the opposite way around. Yeah. yeah. He figured out the hardware, but could never quite get the software working right. That's why law was a nut job. Data couldn't do emotions. Is okay. the computer always listening, or do you have to activate the computer for it to listen? Yeah, a bit like Alexa. Yeah. I guess it must be because it's always been a little bit unclear how it's how to connect people. You know, uh, when they use the com badges, or, or when it was the wall panels, did it broadcast ship wide? Because it didn't seem to. It would just activate on the one that was nearest to Kirk. So it's 
the computer must have been tracking them around the ship. And then when somebody calls, you know, it's bridge to Captain Kirk, it just came through the nearest one. Well, no, it's just Bluetooth. Oh, no, but that would be the communicator badges. Well, they didn't have them in original series, did they? they oh, was, that's true. It was that's all true, yeah, yeah. and on Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they in Voyager? I can't, uh, not Voyager. Uh, Discovery? I can't remember. Early, you know, when it was pre-Kirk Discovery before they went to the future. No, I don't think so. I think they would have no. got too much shit for that. Yeah. There was a really good bit in, it may have even been one of the first episodes of Discovery, where Burnham has this ethics conversation with a computer. She's in the brig, mm -hmm. and it gets attacked by the Klingons. Oh yeah, there, that's think, how she it, gets out, that's how she gets released yeah, from the brig. She gives the computer an ethical yeah. decision to make, and mm -hmm. it sort of works through it all, and it says, yeah, yeah if I'm okay. going to die anyway, then you might as well help me not die. Like, if yeah. you want to protect my life, then I've got more of a chance if you let me go, something along those lines. Yeah, she right. argues a way around getting it to, well, it won't drop the force field because she'd be in open space, but she talks a way around it, and the computer thinks about it, and goes, mm, yeah, I think she's right about this. Fair enough. I'll drop the force field. It was a really cool bit where the only example is when somebody's actually done this with a computer, like talked through. Yeah, diplomacy with the well, computer. Kind of, yeah, you know, it's like a moral quandary with the computer. Yeah. And it... Like the, the kid goes, computer, give me candy before dinner. And the computer's like, no, you cannot have candy until after dinner. You'll spoil your dinner. And then yeah. the, the kid gets really like, tries to be a smart ass and tries to ethically get out of yeah. why he needs to have candy before it, it dinner. Gives it, it gives it a convincing moral argument as to why yeah. it should. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then this like cheeky little future Wesley crushes like hee <laughs> eating all the candy before dinner. And to be honest, it'd be a nightmare for the computer if it had a ship full of Vulcans because everything they talk about, you know, they, if they ask for something, then it's logical and there's a good moral argument for doing it. So. Well, do you think the computer has a motive to want to be like devil's advocate that wants to have opinions and have disputing? Well, it's obviously being given some understanding of morality and ethics, but then again, Klingon morals are very different to Vulcan morals. But you can override the computer manually with stuff. And also, wouldn't you think the computer should be directly programmed into Prime Directive? Therefore, you shouldn't be able to make decisions using the computer that goes against the Prime Directive. Yeah. Or is, do they work on the assumption that people in the future are advanced enough that they can be trusted with... Oh, trust people? ...an unrestricted computer? Yeah. Well, I think they do. Or at least the captain has control over protocols. And yeah. I don't understand how they always remember their bloody... Uh, their security numbers. Yeah, Picard Alpha 1 is... Easy enough yeah. to remember, but then sometimes it will be Picard, Gamma 9, Delta. They seem to be, and they all have different ones, different things. Like they don't use the same code for. Yeah. And if it's got voice print identification, why do they even need the code? You'd think the voice print would be enough. But what if you can replicate someone's voice? Because if you can make yeah. a holographic version of yourself, would the computer know be able to distinguish between a I mean, it would, obviously, a holographic version and, and a real version. Yeah, probably. of course it would. It would. It's stupid if it wouldn't. It doesn't seem like a very intelligent way of identifying somebody either, does it? I often think that about, like, the um, combadge. They can take a combadge off and suddenly they're, they're invisible to the computer. But only sometimes. I think they can be located when they're not wearing the combadge. I think one time Worf specifically takes his combadge off because he wants to go and fight in a Klingon dispute. Yeah. And he doesn't want to have his staff. He's making a decision to put Starfleet down to go and participate in the Klingon yeah. battle and then the audience sees him take off his combat because that symbolizes him it's choosing Klingon. from Starfleet. Yeah. yeah. But then Picard goes, computer, locate Worf and, and then the computer's like, 
Worf left the ship and went to the Klingon ship and he's going to fight. And, you know, this is like, he gives basically a rundown of exactly what, 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 what where Worf is itinerary of Worf's now. day. Yeah. Exactly. He's currently scratching his butt ridges. But <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it, I don't think it's very consistent is what I'm trying no. to say. But no. we like inconsistencies, don't we? Because then we get to talk about it and we go, aha, aha. Well, actually, It's true. Actually, That's, this actually. is how we get to be all high and mighty as super fans. Did someone say game? And perchance for interest's sake, a deadly game? So there's a TV show in, in England called Would I Lie to You? And essentially, you have to spot the lie. The contestants will say, for example, two truths and a lie. And you have to figure out which is false out of the three scenarios. That's an excellent name for that show, then. Yes. So this is going to be called Computer. Would I like <laughs> So yeah. are you ready? Have you got your game hat on? Have you got your... Are you in the is, zone? Is this, is this dual and true or false? No, stop trying to make that work. Oh, I'm back to that horse now. And I'm, all right. Which two are true and which one's false? Okay, let's just okay. do it, shall we? Understood. Make it so. Okay. Number one. Does an episode of Star Trek feature a man on a planet claiming to be a computer-generated image who goes on to reprimand the Ferengi? So that's one. Does that happen in an episode? Oh, they're all computer-related episodes, by the way, or scenarios, because the sense, name of the episode is computer. We'll yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so that's one. Number two, is there a time when the computer remains offline, subsequenting in ship-wide chaos? Okay. Number three, is there an episode where Vulcans gain access to Starfleet database, which they fill with propaganda and ads for singles in your area and pizza delivery places? <laughs> Uh, I'm ho hopefully this is a test run. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'm entirely up to speed on in Lower Decks yet. So that last one, that may be a trick question, but I'm going to say number three, the Vulcan dating uh, malware. <laughs> Pieces of every place. <laughs> yes, that is, that is true. There was no episode where Vulcans filled Starfleet database with propaganda for singles in your area and local pizza delivery races, that's correct. Good job, you good. Remind me about the first one though, that sounded like, I, I, did, I didn't recognize the one about the the Ferengis on, down on the planet. Yeah, that was from uh, season one of The Next Generation. And I think, I think it's season one anyway, I think it's the episode where they first meet the Ferengi, where they yes, have their electricity whips, and that guy on the planet makes basically the Ferengi and stuff, we have to battle out to who is telling the truth and not. So that, is, yeah, that was the truth. Yeah, that was good. I haven't watched that for so long. Yeah, explain what means Yankee traders. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that was true. That okay, was are you ready for the next one? Hit me. In this episode, Data can compile information instantly upon request. The second one. The computer in the mirrorverse of the next generation is the same voice as the regular universe. And number three, is there an episode where the computer is acting uncharacteristically slow, later to be revealed that an alien is recreating the computer using Riker's thoughts? <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Okay, this is going to take some computing. Ooh, beep, beep. Um, I'm going to say that it's a different computer voice in the mirror universe. That, so that was the second one. I'm going to say that's a lie. Okay, well, according to my game, you're wrong. Oh, no! Um, but listeners out there, correct me if that is, in fact, not the case, because <laughs> I'm not actually sure if the computer voice is the same. Oh, you didn't check this. The 
but I think it is the same. Um, anyway, for these three questions, that is true. The computer voice is the same. Oh. But if that turns out to be wrong, then you can get an extra five points for this game because I realise that's not fair. I'll get an extra 5,000 quat lose for, for that one. Right then, so do I get to guess again? In that yes. case. All right, which two am I left with? You're left with data can compile information instantly upon request and an episode where the computer is acting uncharacteristically slow later to reveal that an alien is actually recreating the computer using Riker's thought. Well, it seems like any computer couldn't just compile data instantaneously, so I'm going to go with the data one. Correct! That is false. <laughs> Data can begin the process of compiling information instantly, but often it will take him a while to retrieve or structure the data. And it sounds yeah. like you've got that information from an episode, from one of the episodes. He, like, Data said this out loud. Yes, you know. he has, yeah. And several yeah. episodes where this is the case that proves that Data has the information but can't just instantly retrieve it right. uh, in, in some cases. Okay, so I don't know if I got that or not, really. Maybe it's a half point. No, you get... Well, <laughs> We'll see, we'll see. You get the point if, if the computer voice is the same. <laughs> or maybe it's uh, yeah. not even in the Mirror Universe episodes. I don't even bloody know. I'm so lazy. Sorry. All right, are you ready for another? Yeah, okay. I'm starting to feel the pressure now, so I'm going to come focusing. Is there a plot line involving an alien computer kidnapping a crew member in exchange for service? Number two. Is there an episode where the computer goes rogue and poisons a crew member? Number three. Is there a time whereby Data tricks the computer into thinking he is Captain Picard? Oh, man. So, the first one, I'm kind of wondering if that's when uh, the think tank, is it? Uh, swipe seven of nine? So, I feel like... What was the second one? The second one, is there an episode where the computer goes rogue and poisons a crew member? I'm going to say that's a lie. The computer going rogue and poisoning someone. Nailed it! Good job. <sighs> You, was yeah. it right about the Seven of Nine thing, too? No. Oh. Uh, the first one was actually an episode from Enterprise, one of oh. my favourite episodes, actually, where they go to an abandoned right. station and they kidnap... Travis, yeah. Travis and do all the repairs on their ship and they didn't realise that the, the exchange cost was... That's a great episode. It is a good one, isn't it? It's really that good. Is. And I love that uh, Phlox, you know, they replicate a dead Travis and Phlox notices that some of the virus or something, some of the, like, he's giving it, he gave him an injection of nanoprobes of some kind, didn't he? Mm -hmm. And he notices that those are dead too and they shouldn't be. That was great. Yeah. He, he was the man, Phlox. Yeah, that was a really good episode. Yeah. But I, but the, the one where the think tank in Voyager, where they pinch seven of nine, they've got a computer as well, haven't they? So that's they kind do. of right about that. But yeah, but I don't know if it's in, in exchange for services. Yeah, it is. Yeah, is it? they, they okay, manufactured well, the whole situation, so it's kind of a swindle, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know which episode you mean. The Think Tank episode in Voyager is really good as well, and it shows like most other intelligent, most beings yeah. which evolve team together. Uh, so either way, it's true that that one. So whether it's there was, there was one, one episode a, or two, it's still true. A collector swipe data as well. Wasn't there, that would almost fit this same scenario. So it seems to crop up every now and then. I guess, idea. yeah, yeah. Where the guy wants Data to sit on the chair <laughs> in his like museum of collectibles. He's really yeah. mad, but he's like, yeah, you'll love it. You'll have a great time. And Data's like, doesn't sound that great. <laughs> no, but I really like how Data responds to that. He's like, you're keeping me here against my will. Please contact. You know, Data really shows integrity in that episode. Yeah. Yeah, well, being who he is, he can't get, like, pissed off about the whole thing and start smashing the place up. It doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel anything, I guess, does it? So he, he takes it really kind of on the chin. You know, he takes it like a champ. But he also doesn't make it easy for the other, for the no. other guy either. You know, he does the silent treatment when he has a, a guest over for dinner <laughs> to show off his new uh, purchase. Data yeah. doesn't say anything and is 
And the other guy's like, what, you, you, were you trying to impress me with this? And Data's like, hee hee, I'm, <laughs> I'm not playing your games. Yeah, yeah, he, he can't feel angry about it, but he also knows it's his duty to be a bit of a dick. Ah, uh, the human way. Okay, last question. Can I, before I get to the last question, can I read you a question that I had that I was really proud of having, and then I had to scrap it because I realized well, I'll tell you the question, then you'll realise why I have to scrap, it. I have to scrap right. it after. The question was, does Patrick Stewart wear a wig in more than three episodes of Star Trek? And <laughs> right, then I've so got there's in no brackets, computer Exactly, I've got it. in brackets here. How the fuck is this related to the computer? So anyway, <laughs> but I was yeah. like, yeah. And does but, he? He must. He does, I guess. Yeah, he does, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like, he's Romulan once, he wears a wig when he's uh, on the holodeck a few times. I think, I think maybe there's like three or four times when he has to wear yeah, it. Okay. okay. All right, that was a good question. Just You're doing really no well. I don't, you've pretty much got two out of three here. So this is the yeah, fourth two, one. Two and a half, some, some may argue. Yeah, yeah, yeah some, some, some may. Some of the listeners out there who, who prefer me to you, there probably aren't oh, many of them though. <laughs> no, it's probably all of them. <laughs> is there an episode, so this is number one, is there an episode where Janeway uses the computer to create her ideal boyfriend? <laughs> number two. Is it revealed that the computer on DS9 runs at only 60% capacity due to Kardashian sabotage? And number three, is it true that the enterprise computer processing power is 4,600 kiloquads? <laughs> okay. Ah. Kiloquads. And if you were listening carefully or paying attention earlier, <laughs> this question should be pretty easy for you. I wonder how many kiloquads like my desktop PC here runs up. So I think you've done some epic research <laughs> to find these computery things. I don't know how you've done it. You must have watched all of Star Trek since we last spoke. You, you know I'm far too uh, <laughs> lazy for that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say that I think Janeway was just a little bit too frigid to use the holodeck in that respect. Oh, not frigid, but I think she was just a bit too prim and proper mm -hmm. to go creating hollow porn stars for herself. And I say number one is the lie, Janeway. You're wrong, motherfucker. What? You're wrong. Shit. Fairhaven boyfriend where she makes him taller and makes him like to read books because prior to that he was a bit a bit of common folk and he wanted she wanted him to be more educated and to like trains and poet Damn. in Fairhaven. Do, do you remember which episode I'm talking about now? Um, yes I do yeah I remember where they come up with Fairhaven it looks like the most boring hollow program I've ever seen. But then she has a romantic relationship with the, the barkeep from that. Yeah. yeah. And then she um, uses the computer to make him more ideal. Yeah. If I can wangle another half point out of this then, I guess I'm up to three out of four, Anna. If you say so, even though I've made these last <laughs> two ones pretty bloody easy. So I felt which... like the Cardassian computer not running at full whack was the thing. I feel sure that uh, O'Brien once said something about trying to run Federation systems on the Cardassian computer was problematic but yeah it definitely is and I think that's why been, I sort of tried to make yeah. that question a yeah. bit more um like there's nowhere in it that they say it's just running at 60 percent they don't specify 60 percent due right, to yeah, Cardassian okay. sabotage as well that doesn't happen. oh yeah you did say that yeah so that was false that was false wow that was tough you can have three points three points cool because I'm feeling generous even though yeah. I should really just give you two and a half you could you could cut me back right down to two actually if you were feeling that well, way out but if you go if you go in find out for me if the computer voice is different in any of the mirror universe <laughs> that's right yeah you're gonna show me <laughs> you so many quad loops yeah <laughs>
Damn, yeah, that was tough, but good, but well done on the research. I was impressed. Cool, well, good job. Good job, and good job, me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well done, you. Cool. Well, you've been listening to Star Trek Highly Illogical. I hope you understood some of that game. Probably, <laughs> probably not, but that's the point, isn't it? We're not here to be logical. Um, join us again next time. You can visit us at StarTrekHighlyIllogical.com. No! <laughs> and, and program. Stop recording, now we can talk about them behind the backs. <laughs> you know that guy who joined in the middle? Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-